Caution, the Mark Hunger Show contains adult content intended for an adult audience. And, besides that, he's really weird. Welcome to the Mark Gunger Show with international marriage speaker and author of Laugh Your Way to a Better Marriage, Mark Gunger. This is your source for practical, down-to-earth marriage advice without all the over-spiritualization or romantic nonsense. And now the host of the Mark Gunger Show, Mark Gunger. Wild with delirious joy. They've joined the Mark Gunger Show, the show that deals with all things concerning marriage. Indeed. I'm your host, the one, the only Mark Gunger. Joining me is always the very lovely and charming little green leprechaun over here, Diane Briarly, and of course the amazing Philip James Gumber. 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 It's, it's a Gumby. tough Gumble. last name to it's, pronounce. It's hard to remember that last name. <laughs> <laughs> Philip James Gunger. Uh, engineering the show is always a very talented but eerily creepy Timothy Robert Ray, engineer extraordinaire, pushing buttons, twisting knobs, and trying to stay awake during this incredibly, incomprehensibly, immeasurably boring show. This is the show that handles your marital challenges, relational conundrums, and dating dilemmas that you can email to us at askask at markgunger.com. This is how the show works. You get to send us an email about anything and remain totally anonymous. In exchange for that anonymity, we are brutally honest. This is the show of brutal honesty. And that's an understatement. Mm-hmm. <laughs> At times we're just mean. <laughs> well, don't try to be mean. You know, it's never personal. It's really not. You're just, you're just yelling at crazy thinking because so many people think this way. Mm-hmm. And it just drives you crazy. You should mm-hmm. be in our shoes and listen to this stuff over and over and over. I think, seriously, people? Anyway, uh, we will uh, take a look at your uh, concerns. If we like what you think, we will celebrate your thinking. If not, we will castigate it. Three versions of castigation on the show. One is we think you need to wake out of your delusions. We'll stick your head in the toilet and flush it. It's called giving you a swirly. The water swirling around your head knock you out of your delusions. If we think you're crazy, you'll get the goat button. And if you blather on too much with a long email... You get the chicken. You get all three. You're officially crazy. What do you got? Okay, this little interesting story says that they've surveyed some women, and they say that some women prefer their pets over their partners. (laughs) Now, I'm thinking that there's also some men that I know of that could say the same thing. sure. 2,000 British women said that one in 10 women of the one surveyed said they claim they love their pets more than their boyfriend or husband and nearly a third say they love their pets as much as their partner. I'm sorry. It's a totally different kind of love. I mean, why would you even say that? Anyway. Because people are crazy. They said they didn't feel guilty about it at all, and half of them consider it a deal breaker if their partner didn't get along with their pet. That they would just dump the guy, apparently. I talked to a lady like this. You did. Crazy lady. She says that her and her husband got divorced... Because their pets couldn't get along. They're pets. Mm-hmm. The squirrel and the hamster weren't getting along. Or whatever the heck it was. The cat ate the fish. Whatever it was. And she's telling me this like, it made total it's sense. Normal. 
I mean, she, some people share their ignorance with no sense of shame. Phil, do you know anybody who will <laughs> share their ignorance with no sense of shame? Shut up over there. But seriously. They say pets can't answer back with sarcastic comments or moan about the state of the house, so it's easy to have a blissful relationship with a mm. pet. You know what? If a lot of women were half as kind to their husbands as they are to their cats, their marriages would be better. And I will say men as kind to their wives as, as they are, are to, to the, the dogs. dogs. I mean, exactly right. I've seen it. They'll take the animal, they'll hug yeah. the animal, they'll yeah. talk to him real nice. They don't yell and scream at it. Yeah. You know, blah, blah, blah. Well, yeah, if you just do that to your spouse, seriously, just treat your spouse like a dog. Mm-hmm. We should write a book. Treat, treat your, your spouse, spouse like, like a, a dog. dog. That's the key to a happy marriage. Because mm-hmm. what? You don't scream and yell at the and he's not supposed to, you know. Oh. If you do, the dog's afraid of you. Yeah. Well, uh, what do you think happens when you do it to your wife? She's afraid of you. Yeah, it's the same exactly. thing. Same kind of thing. You know, they're nice to their dogs and they hold them. And, How you doing, man? Good to see you. And give them a hug. A lot of these guys never hug their wives. A lot of the wives never hug their kick their husbands, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> Watching my wife pick up the cat. Oh, nice kitty. I'm thinking, hey. Yeah. <laughs> How about some of that over here? So, if you would just treat your spouse like an animal, they'd be a lot happier. I will say the other night, you were the one giving all of the attention to the cat, though. I was, though. He was a... You were brushing and combing and petting and... He loves me. He likes me more than her. (laughs) He does. Why is that? I don't know. Oh, I think it's because she she, uh, forcefully combs him Mm -hmm. when he doesn't want to be combed. She doesn't care. She grabs combing. So, he's like... (laughs) You know, and I don't do that to him, so... I don't know, dumb cat. She likes him more than I do. That's a crazy thing. You, I don't even like the cat. But he likes you. Because the dumb cat won't leave me alone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway. Well, there you have it. Lesson of the day. Treat your spouse like a dog and you'll be a lot happier. We'll be back with your emails right after this. Want more of Mark? Visit markgunger.com. There you will find everything that Mark has to offer. This podcast of The Mark Gunger Show is being brought to you by Audible.com, the leading provider of audiobooks, over 150,000 titles for the listeners of The Mark Gunger Podcast. If you'll go online to audiblepodcast.com slash gunger, you get a free download of any one of their books, of their vast, their widely vast, incredible, amazing selection of books. Mm-hmm. 150,000. Have you listened to them all? Mm-mm. Most About three quarters of them. Okay. <laughs> I'm sure you have. Mm-hmm. Uh, look, a lot of people got a time, a lot of time to listen, but they don't have a lot of time to read. That's why the Audible books is so are so powerful. Uh, if you'll go on audiblepodcast.com slash gunger, you can get a free download. And it costs you nothing because it's free. That's what free means. You would know that if you read a book. <laughs> anyway, go check it out. Audiblepodcast.com slash gunger. And if you do the download, you also get a 30-day free trial. So check it out. All right? See if your life can't be better tomorrow than it is today. A little smarter today than you'll... I mean, tomorrow than you are today. (laughs) Whatever I'm trying to say. I need to listen to the smart book. Because clearly I'm not making any sense. So check it out. Audiblepodcast.com slash gunger. Audiblepodcast.com slash gunger. Do it today. You may have all the... Cuts make it with a pork chop fry rider. Use leftover meatloaf 
if you can, but I want a bologna sandwich, man. Some people say that it's not right to call it meat is not polite. But what you want, I've got tonight. Thick slice of bologna, fried up nice. So come on, feed me some bologna. I like that meat that rhymes with Tony. I ain't too high class to eat that mess. I want a, a bologna sandwich, man. The music of Jimmy Bratcher. Check it out at jimmybratcher.com. For those of you who like bologna, that's why you listen to this show. <laughs> got that right. <laughs> All right, what do you got? Okay, first email says, I know men crave respect and honor from yes. their wives. Yes. But what is the best way to show my husband honor? He's going through a, a tough time at work, and I want him to know that I don't think less of him and that I will stay by him. So how can she... Or just tell him that. Show him respect and honor. Or just tell him. And I'll go through a hard time, and I'll always stand by, by you because I believe in you. Why is this even a question? What's, well, the say, best way? what's the best way? I don't know what's the best way. If you say, I respect you, do you want to hear that? That's what you want to hear? Or are there actions that show respect? Well, that is an action by saying, I believe in you no matter what. Yeah. There's nothing she can do. What are you going to do? I mean, there's a lot of things you cannot do. Don't be disrespectful. Mm-hmm. Don't tell him he needs to read some book. That- <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's not go down that path again, shall we? <laughs> some book. You need to read this book because I love this book. And you're not reading the book I love. And all this other crazy nonsense that women shove in their husband's face. You know, that's disrespectful. Don't be pointing out what a loser he is, how he could do this better. If you were more spiritual, you could do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of women. Man, they just need a good old slot on the rear. They do. Oh, let's not go down that no, not, path Not either. in a sexual way, in a bad, you know, like a spanking from God kind of way. God needs to just whap their behinds. So disrespectful, always criticize. They think they're being spiritual. They think they're being helpful, always pointing out their husband should do this. And you should pray more about this. And you try to do this. How can we not read the Bible? Hey, enough. Just as disrespectful as they can. Mm-hmm. Think they're so stinking spiritual, and they're absolutely violating the scriptures. By treating their husbands in a disrespectful way. Got no time for these ladies like that. I tell anyway, them, this is a nice lady. She yeah. says, look, how do I tell him that I believe in him no matter what? Just, Just tell, tell him that. I believe in you no matter what. Yeah, that's all. Hang in there. My wife what? sings me Tammy Wynette songs in the morning. <laughs> Every time I... Stand by your man. Da, 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 da. Yeah. So, anyway. I actually was discussing something along the lines of... A woman's husband, and oh gosh, she was being terrible. It was all I could do not to grab her and shake her. And slap her on the behind. No. Oh no, I wouldn't have done that. You should have. But I mean, I just said to her, You are not the Holy Spirit, just leave him alone. And I mean, I was holding it so in, trying, you know, and my daughter was there, and we walked away, and I'm like, I'm sorry. I don't mean to be rude. She goes, You weren't rude, but all the thoughts in my head were really rude of what I want. I just (laughs) wanted to grab her and shake her. It's like, Honestly, lady, stop. What's the matter with these women? They're so obnoxious, and they're so disrespectful. And they're so spiritual. Really? Oh, that's... that's the other thing, and it's so obnoxious. They think they're so spiritual, and they're just... Yeah. Blech, blech. Blech. Yeah. Okay. I'm so spiritual. My husband needs to pray more. He's not a godly man. He's not the man in the house like he should be, and he ought to do this, and he ought to read that, and he ought to... Shame on you ladies to do that. Knock it off. Well, I love the ones who know that they married a guy who wasn't a Christian or wasn't a practicing Christian. Yeah. That was the case with this one. People. It's like, okay, 
All right. Ready? Next one says, uh, when we do marriage preparation in our parish, we encourage the couples to learn all they can about the family of origins. The family good, of origins. Yes. What does that mean? Where the family you came from, like you and your parents and your siblings and your grandparents and everything that you bring in. So in the my bank. case, the land of crazy. Right. Okay. Right. And in Phil's case, the land of crazier. Crazier. <laughs> crazier. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> yep. Where did your family come from? China. So I had to move out of state to find a wife. <laughs> yeah, right? Exactly. You had to find one out of the country, actually. <laughs> yeah. Because Are you from America? No. Okay. okay. All right. There's okay. a chance for us. Okay. okay. So they encourage them to find out all the good, the bad, their traditions, all of that, their medical information, like cancer histories, heart disease, alcoholism, drug abuse, everything. They want to explore all of that. Okay? But wait a minute. If, if, because, so if you come from a psycho family... So that's all on you? Well, no, they're just saying know what all of that is and the possibility that there could be some issues tied to that. He says, Mm -hmm. our opinion is that it's better to get to know in advance if there are problems which could be controlled or prevented or something like that. And besides, it's getting couples to talk about the difficult issues before heading down the aisle. What do you think? Is this a good idea? Well, I don't know. My wife and I both come from very dysfunctional families, which I can say. But did you know that ahead of time? Oh, yeah, of course. See, that's what he's saying. Not that it disqualifies anybody, but at least you know about it. Yeah. There's no shock. And I tell people, find out. No, I think they should find out and know what they are and their traditions. It's important to know about the traditions. Like our dancing? I did. That, that was, was very manly. That was very manly man. Phil does the man shimmy like no one else I know. <laughs> it's all those dance lessons I took growing up. I guess. <laughs> I want to know, can you do that Russian, what's that thing where they get down and they do the kick? You know the Russians do? Oh, yeah, I don't know. Kick. What's that called? There's a name for it. I Dancer Phil. I can't Phil. even get down, much less get down and kick. Can you do that? That's what I want to know. I didn't do a lot of Russian kicks. Okay. Or squat kicks. Yeah, that's that's the one. Squat thrusts. Wait, no, that's burpees. <laughs> Is that what you call those squat thrusts? We just call them burpees. I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm not going to derail the show again. But I think it is good to take a good look at the family because yeah. you could bring some of that in. All I'm saying is, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean no. you'll grab that stuff. And they're saying they do it during premarital. Yeah. You know, Larry. That's, Larry, that's too late anyway, isn't it? Actually, so I decided I'm going to marry you, so now let's figure out if there's a... No, that's a great point. It is. That's great. But the problem is, you know when people really need counseling is not during before they get married. It's when they're dating. They'd- Churches, I mean, seriously, we need... Because I've, I've been talking to people about this for the last several months. You know, First of all, I think premarital counseling is the most ridiculous waste of time there is to a great degree because... They're on drugs at this well, point. Well, and they've they already decided. Like Phil said, oh, their yeah. minds are made up. It's oh, almost yeah. like there's nothing you can say that's going to change their mind about getting married anyway. I think they should do post-marriage counseling. I think every church say, yes, we will marry you if you promise that you will. I think you need to do some pre-marriage, just come basic, look for the basic yeah. stuff. You know, are you in a porn or whatever? But uh, uh, look for the obvious flags. But beyond that, you're saying, you know, you agree that you'll come back in 12 months. And now, now things will make sense. Mm-hmm. Now you'll have some impact. But all this time, 13, 25, 40 weeks of premium, you know, it's just, what the heck? It's really a waste of time to a great degree. It would be more effective to be having dating counseling. Yeah, teach people how to date and ask the questions. So, like, take, like, a, a guy or a girl and put them in a scenario where you bring in, like, I don't know, let's say 10 other 
you know, people that they could potentially date and send them out on dates, videotape the whole thing. The and call it, can... oh, a TV show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking The Bachelor. That's what I'm thinking of when you're talking. I think there's something there. Oh, no, good grief. no, no. I, I think that. No, not that? I think you're wrong. No, I'm off? Okay. I think that's not right. But I'm, I am really serious. Well, you have to know how pretty... to ask the questions and find out while you're dating. Because it's too late yeah. by the time they come to you. They've yeah. already made the decision. They usually have the ring on their finger. They have a date set and all it's of all that. It's all set. Now, again, I think you need to do something. I think it needs to be very simple and it's merely look for the uh, serious red flags. Uh, but beyond that, more important to do the post-marriage counseling. Mm-hmm. You know? And... Uh, but man, if you could do this during the dating process, that's where, to have a clue. and I'm not sure how we fix that. But that's really not a bad idea if we could get communities, church communities, to get some kind of dating counseling going. It would be great, right? You should start a matchmaking service. Matchmaking? I don't know about matchmaking. The dating service. Kind of going off your whole it could be fiddler on the roof theme. Yeah, that'd be great. Matchmaker, matchmaker, make me I knew a match. He had it. Find me a fire. You're just setting them up for it. <laughs> matchmaker, matchmaker, look through your book and make me a perfect match. That'd be great. Mm-hmm. The girls should come in singing that mm-hmm. that song, and then we go to work. You know what? Then that's the time really to look at it. In, in the in the it is. And that's the time, the dating process, not this later on. They're already in. Yep. Uh, but even still, even with that, I still think the most important thing is you follow up in a year. Because Let's it's see, amazing it how like miserable now? people are after that first year. And now you can start helping them. But to think, now we just leave them on their own. When it doesn't really matter, when you can't, they can't listen to you, that's when we spend time with them. And then they get married, and we know now they're going to struggle. And eh, nobody's talking to them now. I mean, it's just a, there's, no, there's a reason we fail, people. Because we're stupid. We need to fix dumb. Anyway, we'll take a break. We'll be back with more right after this. Download your free Mark Gunger app today to see all of the latest from the world of Mark Gunger. Though the motion never stops, it seems I'm always standing still. We're back on the Mark Gunger Show talking about love, marriage, and relationships. Mark Gunger along with Phil Gunger and Diane Barley answering your emails. Okay, theological question for you. What's your take on the 144,000 going to heaven? Is this true? Please explain. Well, what the person's asking in the book of Revelations at the very end, it says that during the tribulation, this is like the apocalypse, the four horsemen, death, and everything else, uh, God's going to seal and protect 144,000 for whatever reason. Uh, but it doesn't say that only 144,000 people are going to heaven. It's absurd. How people come up with that conclusion is just patently wacko. Well, how they come up with some of the conclusions they come up with about the Bible is patently absurd. But I, was, I was talking about this at our church not too long ago. I said, if there are only 144,000 going to heaven, I'm in big trouble. Because <laughs> I don't think I'd make the cut. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's a few out of all the millions of people. That are available, billions of people. Mm-hmm. Only 144,000 get in? It's a pretty small amount. Man, even if you're grading on a curve, you're toast, you mm-hmm. know, so it's, it's absurd. The Bible says, who Jesus taught, preach the gospel, tell everybody, whoever will believe will be saved. That's what Jesus said. 
was no tie into just 144,000. Now, during the Great Tribulation, are there 144,000 sealed? Yeah. How and why? I don't know why. I don't get it. I don't understand most of the book of Revelation. Yeah. That's really confusing stuff to me. So, anyway, I don't get it, and most people don't either. So, but there's... <laughs> To conclude that only 144,000 people make it. It's so ridiculous. It's stunning to comprehend. All right. I suppose the people who believe that believe that they're among the 144,000. I don't know. Do you think? <laughs> I don't know. I know there's a group that thinks that, and they have millions of members, and they are convinced 144,000. Then why would you do that? I mean, why would... Then all of them each must think that they're... <laughs> Do you, think it? You, th- do you think so? It's me. Sorry, it's me. It's not you. I get to go here out. I don't know what That's they really think. bizarre, isn't it? It is, isn't yeah, it? Wow. I don't know. All right. Okay, this one says, what's your opinion about being real and an open book with your church? For example, my pastor recently apologized for not being the leader he ought to be. He went on to say that he is a sinner like every other person in the world, and he struggled with pornography, masturbation, and lust. He did say that it was, did say that it was pretty recent that he was finally free of it all. He said, if we can't be honest in church with our brothers and sisters, where can we be? We all struggle, and yes, God is in control, but sometimes we should be that open and confide in one another. It wasn't easy for him, I could tell, just wondering how you view a situation like this, especially since the said issues were dealing with his sexual desires. I think he's crazy. The people who do this, I think they are a little bit nuts. I know what they're trying to do. But it's very inappropriate, in my opinion. There's sins against people, and there's sins against God. The sins against God that's just between you and God should stay between you and God, or a close friend if you need to confide and ask for some help. But there's no reason to... Uh, for example, I, you know, there was a big thing some, some years ago, back in the 80s. Um, I think you are only like 58 at that time. Yep. But uh, anyway... <laughs> wasn't big in pop culture anymore. <laughs> you, were, you weren't a Christian then, were you? In the early 80s? Uh, no, it was mid-80s maybe. No. I don't, I don't oh, know. no. No, no, no. Okay, so you were out there heathen around. So I was. All right, so, uh, but uh, I was in church. <laughs> I don't know if that means heathen, heathen around. around. <laughs> Sounds awful though, doesn't it? It, uh, it was awful, I'll tell you. <laughs> oh, okay, well, we don't want details anyway. <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. You don't need to share that with everybody. I know, and uh, I won't. <laughs> that's what I mean. I mean, so anyway, there's this thing about being open and honest and stuff. And if if you have any unconfessed sin against someone, you really should go to them. And they'd have services like this mm-hmm. where you'd get up and and you'd confess things to people. Uh, but now all you've done is you've made them feel horrible. I mean, like someone coming up to you and say, you know, I feel... I, I really need you to forgive me, man, because I just think you're an obnoxious, self-centered pig. And it was wrong for me to think that. And, well, now, he thinks, what? Mm-hmm. Now I have to f- ask for forgiveness for you because I think you're a big jerk for thinking mm-hmm. that I'm a jerk. <laughs> Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. So it's like they would dump their own emotional baggage onto others, thinking somehow, and it's not scriptural. You don't have to go around. If he has never told Phil that he's an obnoxious mm-hmm. jerk or a pig or it, it acted inappropriate to him or was rude to him. If he's never done it, Phil has no idea. Even if that's what you really think, you got no business going up to him and dumping on him and telling him what a jerk he is. And would you please forgive me for thinking that I think you're a massive jerk? 
Well, yeah. now the guy feels good at some level because he got that off his chest. And everyone can stop that, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk more about this right after the break. Caution. The Mark Hunger Show contains adult content intended for an adult audience. Kiss me, I'm off to the moon. Feels like I'm flying. There's no pancakes are frying. That love is in love without you. No love is in love. Well, you're having a little bit of a seizure uh, episode there. <laughs> Musical Michael O'Brien. He's fabulous. He, we not appreciate me mocking his song. <laughs> He's quite brilliant. Check out his music at michaelo.org. Okay, so we were just answering this email. Someone said, you know, our pastor got up and confessed that he'd be looking at porn and, you know, gratifying himself and, and you know, please everybody forgive me. And, and they asked me, what do I think of that? I think it's very weird and inappropriate for that kind of public uh, bloodletting. There's no reason for it. You know what it is? The guys who do it, for them, they feel so guilty. It's, it's like a, a release for them. Mm-hmm. But now you've just poisoned everybody else. Now you've dumped that on everybody else. Every time you hug me or shake hands with me, I think, where's his hand been? <laughs> I, I, I mean, do have a hard time with creepy. that. It's like all- guys that I don't know that they're having those kinds of issues. And then for some reason or another, it comes out and it comes to light. I have to work really hard to shake that out of my head and to not. People, if if you sin against someone and you, if you come, if you're mean and nasty and rude to someone, that is what you do. You come up to them and say, look, I need to apologize. I was mean, rude, and nasty to you. Or if the pastor stole money from church members that had been given a lot of money and wasted their Mm -hmm. hard-earned resources. Okay, yeah, I think you need to come public on that, you know. Or if he literally did, you know, commit adultery or something, you know, yeah. with his wife, uh, you know, you got to apologize to that. And a pastor might have to come clean with the whole congregation in that sense because of the violation of trust. Yeah. You know, but your own personal struggles, that stuff that you haven't really done, but you've done on the inside, people say, well, it's the same as doing it. Jesus said, well, it's the same before God, but it's not the same anymore. You know, because people say, well, if you lust after a woman, You've already committed adultery in your heart. It's the same as com- before God it is, but it's not really the same no. anymore. And, and the proof of that is what he said before that. If you get angry at someone, it's the same as killing them. Well, before God it is, but it's not the same as actually killing somebody. Well, the consequences of it are not the same. You don't go out and say, well, I might as well stab you to death because you really ticked me off. Jesus said it's the same. It's not the same, you nimrods. Okay? You personal lust struggles in your heart is not the same as literally doing it. It is before God in terms of purity of heart, but it's not the same. Well, especially to the whole church. It would be more appropriate if you were at a men's gathering or something and you were talking about it amongst men and you wanted to share with men that you were having those issues in the context of that or if you were in a one-on-one situation talking to someone and you would say, you know, I know what you're going through, dude. I have the same... That is much more appropriate to me, but to stand up in front of the church, I think that... About issues that are of just of the heart and you haven't really, you know, no one else is involved between you and God. You keep that between you and God. You know, I, I just think that stuff like this is ridiculous. There's no reason to get up there and emotionally vomit all over the whole congregation and not creep them out because you're having problems. Now, if he was actually committing adultery or actually with prostitutes, okay, yeah. Now, but not, you know, I'm struggling internally and I touch myself. Seriously, we don't need to know that, for heaven's mm-hmm. sakes. 
You know, and like I said, we used to have these meetings. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm sure some churches still do it, where you get together and everybody goes and confesses their faults, and you just sit there and hope nobody's coming up to you. <laughs> I, I had one friend. He had a line. Oh, people that were coming up to stand to tell him what his offenses were? Take a number. Uh, oh, no. Number 47. Number 47. I mean, it's like being at the DMV. The guy, apparently everybody hated his guts. And they just lined up to just emotionally vomit all over him because apparently they didn't like him mm-hmm. for whatever reason. But he hadn't done anything to any of these people. That was just cruel. Or then women. I, there were guys going up to women and saying, you know, I want, I want to re- really apologize because, you know, I really like your breasts and I, I stare at your breasts a lot and... And then it's really important. I want you to forgive me for looking at your fabulous Okay, boobs. I'd never talk to you again. Well, I, okay, so now I'd he wants... I never want to talk to you again. Well, are you kidding me? No. And these women are like, yeah. seriously? I mean, she didn't do anything. No. She's I, just if, being hurt. If you hurt. think that, I don't want to And you're coming it. up and saying, well, you know, I, I really want to apologize because I sexually fantasized, you know. <gasps> oh, my gosh. I mean, it's just there's stuff like that. It's just, it's stupid. And no place in the Bible is that biblical. It's absolutely patently absurd. If you go to a church like that, you need to go to a new church. Good grief. Anyway, this pastor, again, I'm talking about his personal, you know, that I struggle sexually or in lust and fantasize. There was no place, in my opinion, that's my opinion. That's your opinion. It's totally inappropriate. There was no reason to do any of that. So, uh... There's something weird, and sorry, I'm saying this because I'm come late to the party of Christianity and all of that, and I wasn't, you know, raised in it and everything. I think there's something weird about this fascination that Christians have with hearing the gory details of someone's life and their past and their sins. I mean, and I get it, God does amazing things and He transforms people's lives, but there's this weird gory, like watching a car wreck fascination that they want all of the details. And then it's like, oh, now they're good with what God's done in your life. Yeah, not, I struggle actually, with that. Actually, you're, what you see today is nothing compared to it. Again, in the 70s and 80s, it was out it was of worse. control. I mean, I you like literally, it. the more vile and disgusting you were, the better of a testimony you had. Yeah, see, and I don't we used like to it. celebrate these people. You know, I, I was a prostitute and I had sex with 47,000 men and I did this and I strangled kitty cats and I did, you know, and the more gory details you could tell and of your miraculous transformation, boy, the more you would applaud it. To the point, there were young people, I promise you, who literally were going out and getting involved in drugs and stuff like that and their motive, and you talk to them, and say, what do you, man, I just, I just want to have a really good testimony. Mm-mm. No, you don't. Are you kidding me? I mean, it was so destructive. Now, the good thing is that's extremely rare now. We don't hear much of that anymore. And I think the church has one successful time where we got our head out of the toilet and started thinking clearly. But there's, there's very little celebration now that not too many people come up and share these. We don't celebrate the glorious horrible life story mm-hmm. and then clap over your your conversion like yeah, we used still. to. They yeah, still they some. still do. Not as bad as it was, though. I'm telling you, it was really oh, no, bad I'm sure for a that, while. But it's still, it's, it's, I don't like the way that it is. It, I'm still uncomfortable with it. Yeah. Anyway. Especially the women's things, I guess, because I don't know, like in just general, but a lot of these women's conferences, they have these speakers come in. That It's all of this trauma and then how great God is. And it's like, and I'm just not comfortable with it. by my cousin's, you know, yeah. next door neighbor and da, 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 and they go into all this graphic detail. And I don't know. Yeah. I guess that helps some people. It's just a little creepy to me. And even that I can handle more. It's just my, my problem is I think the church millions of Christians don't get this straight. There is a huge difference between thinking something and actually doing something. 
And, and why they can't get this straight, I don't know. Because they all, they all say, no, no, Jesus said it's the same. If you lust in your heart, it's the same. as I know women who have divorced their husbands because he admitted lusting after another woman, and she divorced him on gr- grounds of adultery. Because not... Jesus said it was, well, that's blatantly stupid. That's not what Jesus said. Okay, he said it in terms of personal right, righteousness before God. The only way to put it in context is they ignore what he just said just before that. He said, if you get angry at someone, you're guilty of murder. And well, if that I don't were know, true, then she should be sitting in jail because she, she probably was angry she at somebody. She should have stabbed him to death. No, but for I committing mean, adultery. No, no, <laughs> no. Seriously, because if he's angry, it's no, the no, same no, no, as no. committing murder. If he comes up and admits that he looked at a yes. dirty wo- a, a woman, and if that's the same as get, committing adultery, she know that. No doubt got mad. Yeah. So she's taking a knife and stabbed him. So she should be sitting in jail. I know. It would be just a complete. Because she's committed. The circle of life. The circle of life. I mean, it's, I mean, how stupid are we? That that one thought just irritates the snot out of me. I know I, I know pastors, people, Christians, and pastors who told me the reason they went ahead and committed adultery. It's because they said, well, I was thinking in my heart, and I knew it was the same as doing it. So I might as well do it. Might as well. Well, man, I'm glad you never got mad at me. Yeah. Because if you had taken that thing, you'd have stabbed me to death or shot me or something. Now, see, when it comes to the murder part of it, nobody, nobody connects those dots. But why when it comes to the lust part of it, oh, it's all the same. It's not. And it's a bunch of horse manure. It's the same before God, but it's not literally the same. I promise you, I'd much rather have my wife look at somebody and go, oh, he's got a nice, you know, and then repent. Yeah. Than for her to go out and boink some stranger. Yeah. It's not the same to me, yeah. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> well, seriously. No, what I'm is sorry, this? It's just the way you said it. It was well, funny. <laughs> it's not the same to it's me. It's not the same to me. <laughs> you know, you get mad at me, start stabbing me, and I'm sorry, brother, it's the same. It's the same. Not to me, I'm it's not. So, seriously, people, stop with this stupid. And your pastor, God bless his heart, is a moron. Well, it's all the same. That's, see, I'm, I promise you that's what motivated him. Because Jesus said it's the same as committing adultery, so I need to commit. Co- no, no, no. Well, maybe he Besides, thought it would be encouraging to people. See, even listen, your pastor Unless struggles. you're dead, virtually every man in the world has thought inappropriate thoughts. I don't care who you are, unless you're a monk in a monastery. And they used to live, it was one of the main reasons they would go to monasteries. Yeah. Is to get away from the temptation. I mean, you out there live in the world, it's hard for some gorgeous babe to not go by and you go, hold your mama, look at that. Well, well, then every pastor would get up and say he's committing adultery every Sunday. I mean, it's absurd. It's not the same. Or it, mus- it's, muscular football players. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Clay. Diane with her Clay Matthews doll. Yeah, see, she lost after that doll all the time. It's just totally inappropriate. For heaven's sake, to say it's the same. It's one of the most blatant, stupid things evangelical Christians do all the time, and it irritates me to no end. Mm-hmm. It is not the same. Before God and righteousness, yes, it's the same. Otherwise, if that's true, people, then we might as well just start shooting people that tick us off. I'm going to shoot them all. It's the same. It's the same. It's the same. I'm going to kill you all. All right, I need to calm down. We'll take a break. We'll be back with more right after this. Have a marriage dilemma? Email your questions to ask at markgunger.com and Mark can answer them during one of our shows.
like watching you dance. <laughs> I'm just captivated by the fact that you look like a Muppet up there. Nothing more horrifying than watching a 59-year-old, slightly overweight, balding Puerto Rican man dance. But it, but you look good in that shirt while yeah, you're doing it. That's shirt, for sure. It? This is great. I am a beautiful man. Hey, turn on the camera. There. There you go. All right. Okay. What are we doing? Who are, we? are you ready to move on? I'm ready to move on. Okay. Email says, I have been married for 18 years. This mm -hmm. is a guy writing and have been struggling for the last five. My struggle is with my wife's weight. She has put on quite a few pounds and is if, and it has affected me regarding our sex life. A chunky mama. I feel terrible. This is the dilemma of the chunky mama. Yes. All right. He feels terrible. It's tough for him to get excited about her new weight. Uh -huh. I have brought it up in the past, and it's not gone over well. I bet it didn't. I don't, hey, hey, you're a chunky mama. I don't want to make her feel bad, and I don't know what to do. She's a wonderful person, but I can't get past the extra weight when it comes time for sex. What can I do? So I got a little bit more information, like what kind of weight are we talking about? Uh -huh. He says, I don't know. I've never asked her weight, so I'm just guessing. She's never had the perfect body, but again, neither do I. He says, I... Yeah, how much does he weigh? I didn't ask. I Maybe he's a chunky he papa. He says, I would have to say she has gained at least 60 pounds, so that currently puts her over 200. 60 pounds since? Since he's known her, since they got married, I guess. All right, so she's 150 pounds years, already. Last five years. So she's over... Yeah, she was over. She's over two hundred now. Oh, so she was 50, 150 pounds to start with. Maybe over fourteen years they've been married. Uh, Eighteen years. Eight almost. But he 20? said the last five. Struggled the last five. So I'm guessing she's gained it in the last five yeah, because he said that. My point being is we all, some of us, <laughs> some of us get a little chunkier as time goes along. That's okay. kind of a normal so you, thing. Yes, yeah, so you've gained more than sixty pounds, I'm sure, in the last eighteen years. No. 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 Close. No. Okay. So she, anyway, I'm guessing it's the last five, by the way, he writes this. So she's over 25, two, 25. She's over 200 pounds, but she's only four foot 10. So she's. Seriously, my bobblehead's small. four foot 10. She's a short lady. That's short, yeah. Wow. And to carry 200. That's bobblehead size. Well, she's a little taller than the Maybe she's head. a bobblehead. He could have married a bobblehead. No, 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 please. He could have. You don't know that. Maybe he's delusional and actually married a bobblehead. I don't think he did. But I read a story the other day about somebody who married a tree. Did you read about this? Somebody, yeah. Married I didn't read. I saw the headline. I didn't Yeah, read they married it. a tree. I mean, how crazy are they? So some people marry a tree. Why not marry a bobblehead? Well, it wasn't. She's just a short okay, person. she's just a short person. He All says, right. I've tried to let her know the health risks and such, but nothing turns out well. Uh -huh. It's been an issue I try to avoid at all costs. I know it hurts her, so I don't bring it up. Sometimes I wonder if I'm really being that shallow, and I just can't believe it. Uh, I, am I crossing the line by asking her to lose weight, if not any suggestions how to do it delicately? Okay, I so she's the size of a bobblehead, but she's she's pretty wide. There's a lot of women and men that are short and fat. Okay, that's the fact, but he's having trouble feeling sexual with her, so he wants to know what to do. <laughs> I don't know. Talk to her. That, that's mean, what he's saying. It hasn't okay. gone over well, well when he's talked to her. I'm sure I, she I cried and felt know. bad about herself. She wants him to love her no matter how short and, and, he, and he squat he, she is. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. This is do kind I, of a delicate situation, isn't it? Do I, do I look like it? I have the answer for Chubby? No. He, he's got the answer for how to get Chubby. I can tell you how to get Chubby, but I, I don't know. What do you think? I don't know. I feel, I mean, I understand what he's saying. I don't know what the solution is, but because I understand it, 
I, I don't know what it is. It's a very difficult. Phil, you got any insights over there? Is anyone uh, else, like in her family or something, notice this and think the same thing? Like, I'd be concerned from a health standpoint. Maybe somebody else in the family could approach it from the health. You know, standpoint. and say, "Hey, listen, I'm." Kind of, you know, they they would. Is do it really the, that unusual for someone to be that short and that old? To not all of a sudden be around 200 pounds? I don't think it's that unusual. We live in Wisconsin. Good Lord. I know. I know 10-year-olds. <laughs> okay. run around 200 pounds. It's like there's two different issues. There's the I care about you, I love you, and it's your health issue. And that would go for the whole family. But uh-huh. then there's that when you're married to that person, it's the sexual desire issue. Yeah. But see, it, it okay. Everybody, oh, yeah, okay, it's the way. But it could be anything. It could be she's getting old. Yeah. She'd be getting all wrinkly. Yeah, that happens. You know, uh, gravity kicks in. Gravity kicks in. Where they used to be. Stuff that was here is now way the heck down there. I mean, it's just all over the place, right? I mean, there's all kinds of reasons guys can claim to no longer be sexually attracted Mm -hmm. to their spouse. I mean, if you want to maintain maximum sexual attraction, then we should rewrite all the laws of society and the Bible. And every 10 years, we should trade in for a new model. Sure. Because we'd keep our attention then. Okay, how do you stay attracted to someone? You know, what if your wife's had a mastectomy or two mastectomies? She's boobless. There's no boobies at all. You know? Yeah. But a lot of these guys, they stay totally attracted to their wives. Because it's not about that. It's not about the physical appearance. Yeah, it's the connection and all the other kind of stuff. So I guess he has to, that's the answer. He has to switch his attention and his affection from the physical that he sees to who she is and how he loves her. Yeah, and you can still, I mean, it's not like chubby people can't have great sex. Chubby sex. Yeah. Hallelujah. I mean, Thank you're not, you're goodness for s- you. That's all hey, I can up. say. <laughs> Thank goodness for your father that there's people who actually want to have chubby sex. <laughs> There, I got you. <laughs> She's evil. So I mean, I don't know. I mean, there's you know, but there's a lot of guys who think this way. I know. She gets kind of wrinkly and she's kind of gray, and you know, the old gray mare. She ain't what she used to be. It's called dim lighting. It's called candlelight. People well, think of how many people you know in my age group. Mm-hmm. Okay, fifty to seventy. Either he or she or both are yeah, it's, greatly girthed and yes. saggy here or there and the other. And it's not, it can't be about that. You had hair, point. now you don't have yeah. hair. And where she used to have the, the skin of a you know, Greek goddess, and now it looks more like you know, sandpaper you know, <laughs> off of the, uh, <laughs> off the floor of the shop. You know? <laughs> And use the fun stuff anyway. I mean, no, seriously. I mean, they, they, I they, they don't look the same after a while. I know. I look but in the mirror every day. <laughs> didn't used to be there. Hello. Hello. Prop it up. Prop it up. Prop it up. Okay. Uh, so, either spend a fortune on plastic surgery or something else. Now, there are the health issues and stuff. So, mm-hmm. I, you know, I don't know. I, I think if you do it right and you just focus on the person and grow with that person, it shouldn't make a terribly horrible. I will say this. If he's trying to compare to how he felt attracted to her when she was young and slim and everything was ivory and glorious, of that's your st- and some guys they, they don't that ever let go of that. That is yep. their standard. Mm-hmm. They can never let go of that standard. Then you're gonna have trouble. Uh, you have to let go. Of that. You got you need to mature on, move on, people. You got to change with life. It's a, and I'm bet you he's no prize pig either. Probably not. You know. Anyway, that's all I got to say about that. Final break. We'll be back right after this. 
Attend Mark's Laugh Your Way to a Better Marriage event. Visit LaughYourWay.com for upcoming dates and locations. Mark Unger Show, talking about love, marriage, and relationships, and uh, getting ready to wrap up this show. We were just talking about this guy who says, gee, my wife has gotten really chubby, and I don't feel very sexually attracted to her anymore. And everybody could get into the whole big debate about weight, but the reality is people need to mature. In the, people don't want to mature. They lock into a standard, and they won't let go of that standard. If you lock into the standard where men are most absolutely attractive to women, it's in their 20s. Eight to their teens. Mm. They're actually the most gorgeous in their teens, quite frankly, but they'll go to jail. So they got to hold out at least for their yeah. 20s. Okay, and that's why guys at 40 dump their present wife and go back into the 20-year pool. Guys in their 55, they also dump their wife and go back into the 20-year pool. Guys 65, 70 years old, still dumping their wives and going back into the 20-year pool. Amazingly, there's women who will do that. Uh, and they'll go through version after version after version. Why? Because they can't move on. They can't, they're so locked into their standard of what is a sex, sexual. And I think guys that need to move on. You need to, you need to grow. You need, your life needs to, your relationship needs to mature. You know? And it's fundamentally unfair to women. Women tend to, by and large, not always, but women tend to age more quickly than their husbands in terms of looks. All right? Mm-hmm. Of course, we didn't have children. You well, know? and a guy can sport and, you know, gray going, hair. Passing a basketball through our, you know... But Yeehaw. guys can have gray hair, and they'll say that you're attractive and have you're a, aging well. Oh, little, I'm trying to get past it. He's not letting have, have a little leeches, he's, you he's, know, <laughs> sucking on your paraphernalia. You know, and after a while, things just look different after a while. You need to stay connected with that girl. You know, women tend to age. I did get carded oh, wow. the other day. You, you know, did? I handed it to the guy. He goes, oh, way to go. <laughs> that was his response. I was like... I used to get carded when I was your ages too. You know, if you go into a place where they're serving any alcohol and just walking in the door, they'd want to pull my card. I just pretend that they think I look under eight or twenty-one. When I was a youth pastor, I remember one time, I was uh, one of the leaders of the ministry came up. We had a big youth conference, and they comes up to me and says, "So what? So what grade are you in?" I was seriously, dude, I'm one of the youth pastors here. You know, so you know it can work for you, it can work against you. Anyway, you got to move on. You know, we were talking about the first president, George Bush, mm-hmm. not the second, George W. His wife looks a lot older than mm-hmm. him. First time I saw him up on the platform, I thought, oh, look at him. He's up there with his mom. You know, which was terrible, but yeah. she was heavier. She just looked older and grayer than he did. You know, but he loved her passionately. He said, at some point, you need to move on in your relationship. Break past that old model. All right, we'll see you guys. Bye, bye.